on this week's episode of A Slice of Golf. I fanboy over Hovland. Ben has yet another super strong week at DraftKings. Maybe some slight sarcasm there. Tim starts planning some golf trips to Ireland and we talk about this year's new, longest, fastest, straightest drivers ever. Uh, and we decide which one we like best. As ever, brought to you by myself, Chris Wright. Me, Tim Williams. And me, Ben Fowlis. Welcome back to a, another week of A Slice of Golf. I'm excited to be back, but I need to start with an apology. For those of you who messaged me throughout the week saying my audio kept cutting out, you are correct, my audio was absolutely woeful. So you got to hear a lot of good stuff from Tim and Ben last week, which to be fair is probably better than hearing me ramble on anyway. Uh, but my audio kept cutting in and out and I apologise for that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping this week will be better. Uh, although I did have a slight malfunction before coming onto the show and I broke the stand with my microphone so I'm now holding it like a reporter and uh, not not sure how this is going to go but <laughs> do not look as professional as Ben and Tim right now I can tell you that for sure but I'm here we're back and uh, we're going to dive straight in I think let's uh, guys let's let's talk about I'm going to say our own golf and I'm going to lead with this because mine's really easy uh, I, I've done very little of my own golf. I've just done lots of watching. So I'm hoping that you two can uh, fill the gap of our own golf. I'm going to come to Ben first. Yeah, so uh, really good podcast content here. Not made uh, a whole lot of progress and all of about anything golf related. I've hit a lot of putts, but again, finally got the wrist fixed. So that is back uh, done again. I've not even been able to practice this week. Um, T-Box, uh, I'm happy for it. But uh, it's getting very, very busy. The city, people are finally kind of coming back to London post uh, restrictions. So it, it just typically means in the city of London around St. Paul's, it's, it's quite busy, which has meant trying to get a, a slot uh, has been a bit bit difficult. So haven't hit a ball yet. Going to try and hit some balls tomorrow. Uh, and same again, I've been hitting tons and tons of putts. Heard a couple of things uh, from like past pros and how they used to see putting. And I was like, right, well. Let's just give that a go. Got the putting mat out. So, yeah, knocking a few putts. Um, but I am pleased to announce that I am finally back out on a golf course this weekend. Um, me and oh. one James Lambden, um, who is a golf psychologist, are out playing Westerham, which is down in Kent. And if you've not seen Westerham, it looks gorgeous. Their website looks beautiful. Track looks amazing. So, um, I'm excited for that. That is going to be my first round since it's either Christmas Eve or like in between Christmas and New Year. So I am bouncing at the walls to get back out there, and hopefully, the, hopefully, the weather's pretty good. But it, um, yeah, as of as of kind of golf over this past week, very very little. Watched a lot of golf, but um, yeah, had quite a lot going on. So no playing, unfortunately. Okay, wait. So before before we move on to Tim, there, I've got several questions here. Um, First of all, people, if you haven't listened to the episode with James and we did it really early on. It must have been like episode four or five or something like that. Scroll all the way back through, go listen to it. It, it honestly was one of my favourite episodes that, we, that we've that we done. So um, head back over and listen to that. Maybe we should get him on the show for a, a revisit of that. It's been a while since we did that. So definitely do that. Can we get him on next week for like a... Can we get him on next week so we can have like a 
post round digest of how Fowler's got on. Round the state. And basically <laughs> his his mental state on the horse. Yeah, I think this would be good. Ben, can you can you message James and see if we that we can do this? Because that actually would be excellent. It'd be like a, th- it'd be like a therapy session. <laughs> I will write that down. I just might might just mute like the computer for like the 10 minutes of, of him reviewing what my game and what my weak <laughs> mental state is like, particularly haven't played in like five weeks. So uh, it could go awry, but I think kind of heading into that, you know what it's like when expectations are low, you tend to not put as much pressure on yourself. So that's the, that's the mentality going into this week. Okay. I like that. So this was this kind of, that maybe answers my next question, which was going to be, how do you feel about playing around of golf with a golf psychologist with your known sort of background of throwing your toys out the pram on the course? Will you, will you behave any different? Will you be conscious of it? Uh, I, I, I would like to say, no, I'm going to play my natural game, but I've, I've got a pretty strong feeling. I am going to be firmly aware of what he does for a living. When I get there, he works with some outstanding golfers hell of a lot better than what I am. He's a better golfer than what I am and is putting in a hell of a lot of practice himself at the moment. Um, so it's one of those rounds turning up. I know what he does for a living. I know he sees a lot better golfers than me on a regular basis. So no expectations on myself and try and try, try and keep the F-bombs to a minimum. <laughs> just every time you let out a little swear word, just look around at him and he would just be like shaking his head, just so disappointed. Just can't believe you. You've let your emotions get yeah, out of you. Yeah, but to be fair, I don't want to give away the whole episode, but he said a bit of uh, a bit of emotion on the course is not a bad thing. It's holding on to that emotion and letting that affect your next shot. So do my little one-yard box. Once I step off the podium, then I've got to let it go. I'll try and... Which you're, which you're famous for, yeah. obviously. Being able to let things go very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, usually stew over things for a couple of days. So trying to let it go within two minutes is, is it's not, not going to be easy, but we'll, we'll give it a go. Amazing. Well, I'm now, if, if he turns us down for next week, I'm going to be upset, but maybe, maybe in the next couple of weeks we can get him back on. That'd be awesome. Right. Right. I'll message him and then if it goes badly on Sunday, I'll threaten him. Be like, you best not come on. Tell, tell them I played well. Tell them I was really good. Uh, Timbo, let's come to you. What have you uh, also, just, just oh. very, very quickly, it will... It will also mark the first outing of the new putter and uh, swag head cover. Oh, so yes. it's been a long time bloody coming because I got it mid-December, the putter. Um, but we're, yeah, <laughs> first outing. So I, that's I'm, exciting. Do you know what my biggest fear is about this, Ben? It's like I become uh, Jordan Spieth and start banging them in from everywhere. No, that I'd be quite excited about. My biggest fear right now for you is that you come back on the show next week and I say, how did it go? And you say, I've probably lost the head cover, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, touch wood. Um, after four years of the last part, I've not lost that one. I've still got that. So oh, Please, you I, just um, jinxed it. And that one, you know, but this bad boy, there's not a chance I'm forgetting that. <laughs> that that thing is staying well within my sight. But <laughs> every corner. But also, you'll be absolutely fine because lest we forget, this is the perfect putter in the world for you, and you're guaranteed to hit less putts with it. So, we we'll look forward to hearing about how many how many fewer putts you've had in this yeah, round. Prob- prob- probably going to take eighteen putts on Sunday. Just uh, eighteen putts, one putting your way around. Yeah. That's it. I love it. I love it. Awesome, Timbo. Tell us what we've got up to. Yeah, so three things I can talk about. Um, Saturday morning, I needed to. 
I had to run quite a long errand. I needed to drive over to sort of Heathrow Way, which for me is quite a quite a schlep. Um, can, I, can I just say, so Tim, I thought, well, jump in. The, whenever we yeah. come to you at the moment, your first words are, had some admin, some house admin to do. Uh, so it's like you're setting yes. up with a... Just, hey, lot, a lot of house life admin. is just, just so much. <laughs> so um, full of admin. Just admin, just admin all the time. But I thought, well, you know, this is, it's quite a long journey, so I'm going to make it worth my worth my while. So before I set off, put the clubs in the back and thought, well, there's bound to be a place, there's bound to be a range on on the way at some point. And lo and behold, I mean, I, I say that, of course, I'd actually done the research before I got in the car. I was like, right, I know there's X, Y, Z ranges on this route that I could go to. And as I was on the route back for, from, from West London, I had my sort of pick of the ranges I was going to go to. And I actually elected, and I deliberately elected for the one which had no uh, top tracer or um, or screens. Actually, I genuinely elected the one that was just a, a fairly simple, just the mats, nice. just the targets, just the distances, because I kind of thought in my head, I want to try and just do the practice without almost the distraction of having the screen and the measurements there, almost just concentrating on the feel and because I think sometimes with the screens there you get sometimes just a bit seduced into trying to hit your distances um and also I think at the ten- I may have a tendency to kind of want to instantly check how good or bad that shot was by looking at like my club head speed ball speed all those kind of measurements but actually I thought on this particular occasion I thought you know what I'm actually just going to go and forget all that and just re- just hit balls and just concentrate on almost the feeling of it um, and the technique, which I really, really enjoyed. I mean, to be honest, I only, only hit 50 balls um, because this is sort of, again, part of my kind of new thing about not taking 100 balls because and having the temptation just to go there and just whack, whack, whack. Um, so I really enjoyed that, actually. Um, it, was, it was very windy, which is another reason why I thought, you know what, just trying to measure distance today is not going to be it's going to be impossible to kind of know if you're kind of hitting your distances. So let's just concentrate on, on the line, on hitting to the, hitting the line. Um, so it was almost, I think we talked about it in the past, almost having like um, a line of like targets, which are sort of in a line and making sure that you're, you're not deviating too far away from that line of targets. So that's kind of how I was trying to practice the weekend. Um, then my game of um, putting pars was back in session um, at the weekend. So I went to the practice, practice green, Sort of, I think there were maybe six holes on the, on the practice screen. So I was, took out four balls, gave myself two putts to get into each hole, and just gamified a little bit that like that for myself. Um, so that was good. I'm, I'm actually just enjoying at the moment just um, a bit of a bit of relaxed practice, to be quite honest, and not taking anything too seriously and just enjoying it. Because um, at the same time, it's winter. The, win- the weather's not so great, so I'm trying to get in the gym a little bit more and try and just get a bit healthier, a bit fitter try to um i mean for, for those of you that know me i'm not i'm not a statuesque guy and i'm not exactly a uh i'm not exactly sort of a, a dwayne the rock johnson kind of physique but um i'm just trying to, i'm just trying to get a bit fitter just kind of condition condition a little bit more get a bit more kind of um flexibility and, and power so, so I'm, I'm enjoying that to be honest and then the last thing i was going to talk about and this is this is this is more interesting. The last two points have probably been a bit of a ramble from me, but this one is more interesting. Over the next seven months, I'm going to be spending quite a lot of time 
um, going back and forth to Ireland, doing life admin. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is this is this is monumental life admin, kind of as big as the life admin gets. This particular one, um, but as part of that, um, I've been doing my research on golf courses to play because I think there's an opportunity to get over there and sort of meet people, meet family, and. Uh, put people together on a golf course. So I've been having, a, it's been giving me a great excuse to sort of reach out to golf clubs that I know nothing about, have no concept of whatsoever and reaching out to them and saying things like, oh, you know, would you be happy to host, say, eight of us, put a breakfast on, might be a few of us who are traveling from England. So um, I might need to talk to you about club hire. And it's just been a really lovely process in terms of checking out what the golf courses are, what the deals are, and their uniqueness what one of them just came back and sort of said oh yeah if you need club hire we've got like four or five um bags of sim 2 irons and drivers which you can just which you can borrow i'm like okay okay that's interesting <laughs> better than my own clubs <laughs> oh like light years better than my <laughs> clubs um so yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of investigating clubs on the the northwest of Ireland at the moment, the uh, County Sligo is the area I'm kind of researching at the moment. So it's been a lovely kind of side project to my week that's been going on, which has been fantastic, God, to be quite honest. I bet just scrolling through some of the photos of those golf courses as well, I bet it's golf porn, yeah. isn't it? I mean, I feel yeah, like... I mean, gen- genuine links courses. I was just going to say, I feel like we've got yeah. uh, an army of listeners that probably know some of the courses that you should be going and checking out. So... If you are, yeah. if you happen to be in where, where where was it, Tim? County Sligo. Where in Ireland? Where are we talking? That's the it's sort of northwest. Northwest uh, Ireland. Northwest of Ireland. I'd say halfway between Donegal and Galway. Fine. So if you happen to know any clubs in that area that Tim should go play, let us know. Please send us a tweet. Send us a tweet or an Instagram message or something. Mm. Let us know. We'd love to uh, love to know where Tim should be going. Although I'm a I obviously feel like I'm going to suffer from immediate golf envy and jealousy. So, uh, I'm not, yeah, maybe, maybe me and Ben will be packing our bags. He's <laughs> just descended, he's just descended into mumbling to himself. <laughs> yeah. 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 Tim's, Tim's booking a, a society day for eight people and then me and Ben just rock up for the tea time behind them. Like, Hi, we're here. All right, <laughs> <laughs> boys. All right, guys. Oh, we join your group. Can we jump in? That's awesome though. That's exciting. That is super exciting. Um, I do have one thing to tell you guys about. Although I, can't, I don't know how much I can say. This is going to make for poor podcast. I had a meeting this week with someone, a coach who has invented uh, a training aid. And I have got said training aid. And I will be using it this, this week. I'll definitely be taking some videos. It's quite a simple training aid. It's nothing. It's nothing fancy. It's not like a seventeen things that attach to your body. It's all about. Uh, well, there's two two parts to it, but for the for your normal swing, it's all about getting your setup and ball position right, and really training in that sort of um, setup and, and making sure that you've got the ball position in the right place. And as soon as I stood up to it, I was like, "Hmm, this is not where I'd normally have my six iron ball position." So immediately, I was like, "Okay." Interesting. So even with my, so I normally do the classic, put your two alignment sticks down, one for your feet, and then one with like the middle of your stance and kind of gauge right. That's roughly middle. That's where I would have the ball. Uh, yeah, it turns out that might not actually be the best place of the ball position. And I feel like I should have known this. 
Uh, obviously, I know that the driver got the ball what, position too far back in your stance, too far forwards. For me, too far back. The ball was too far back in my stance. Um, and I think what this could be really useful for is just really drilling in setup and ball position. I think that's the biggest thing. There is a putting version of it as well, which I think is really nice. Um, I just don't have anywhere to practice that. I don't imagine it's quite the same. Why am I going to practice on the putt out, I suppose? Um, but uh, you might get some teasers of that through uh, through content over the next the next few days at some point. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does with it, see where if it gets released properly, etc. It will be interesting. You know, I think I think it's it, probably, it sounds like it's probably not like a, a bells and whistles or singing or dancing no. promise to help you nuke it miles. But I think it was Steve when we had Steve Furlong on the golf coach. He came on and said, "Look, you can never go wrong with keep drilling in the basics over and mm. over and over again." It might have been him, or it might have been a, another coach that I, I, I saw around that time speak about it. Um, so there's definitely a scope for something like that. I would find more benefit of a training aid like that than I would some of the weird and wacky things. Yeah. I was going to go with shite, but yeah. things that you can see in the golfing world, because there is some unusual stuff out there that you, I'm sure you would... out my bag the other day in amongst my irons. Found a what? A training aid? <laughs> I found a, a training aid trapped in, in amongst my gloves in the bag the other day. <laughs> Amazing. What what training aid did you find just randomly shoved down into the, into the bag? It was like the it was like that little plastic thing that's at a right angle. Oh, the yellow thing. Stop you from cocking your wrists. The, the yellow right angle called. thing. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, I've been looking for it for ages, and it turned out it's in, in, literally inside my bag. Yeah. 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 Do know a few people that have got them. Not for sure. I know anyone that routinely uses it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So this is yeah, Ben. You're absolutely right. No, no bells and whistles. It is literally like uh, I'm going to be practicing with my six iron. You move it along so it has the six iron position based on your height, and, um, and, and obviously it's not exact, but it just sets you up foot position, and then and then you go right with a practice driver, puts it into drive position. I think it's yeah, it's super simple, but I think just drilling in the basics, which is quite an interesting. I've not seen anything really like it apart from just using two alignment sticks on the ground, but yeah, super inexpensive. So I'm interested. I'll be testing that out this week for sure. I can imagine that would be a good tool for coaches to have. Mm. Um, just because particularly well, anyone, anyone, you know, we talk about the setup and, and how important it is. But if they were to just throw that down on the floor for each client and just be like, right, hit from here. I think most clients, most players would be like, shit, yeah, I've been doing that all wrong. Yeah, you, it was one of those things that when I saw it, it was exactly like what you said, Ben. I was like, what? why? It, this is so simple. I was like, why doesn't this exist already? Why, why aren't coaches all using this in every lesson? Do you know what I mean? It was almost like, mm. is this sim- this idea so simple that it's just never been no one's ever thought, right, it's not jazzy enough or there's, there's not all the bells and whistles on it. Yeah, I just I was like, this is this is, this is great. Well, at least I think it will be. So uh, I'll be testing that. Anyway, that's enough of my rambling on that. Let's move on to the pros. Uh, ben will not want us to touch on DraftKings, I'm sure, but we'll, we'll definitely come on to that in a minute. Uh, let's start with PGA Tour. So PGA Tour uh, is the uh, farmer's... Uh, com- uh, contest competition and the did you guys see the the final the final showdown between Luke List and Zalatoris? No, I was long gone asleep by that point. I mean, I mean, I didn't watch it live. I mean, I, I watched it. Oh. <laughs> I watched it the next day. Uh, Tim, did you watch any of that? 
I was dialed into um, basically the, the <laughs> not to go into too much detail, the the uh, the DraftKings event that I had a chance of winning was the one I was following most closely, and I was dramatically off the pace in the other one, so I had basically given up on that. It's, one it's amazing well, how your viewership yeah. changes depending on <laughs> the DraftKings. He's like, right, I've got one tournament to watch this weekend. I'm in two competitions. Yeah. So which one am I doing better in? Which one I always get to like day three. I'm like, right, how many players made the cut? Which one am I going to pay attention to? Right, PGA, here we go. Uh, so anyway, PGA, it was uh, the a playoff between Loot List, who hasn't won on tour yet or hadn't won on tour yet. Zalatoris also hasn't. Zalatoris hasn't won yet either. Um, and if you it, look, if you haven't seen the highlights yet, go and watch. Just watch the. Just type in PJ Tour highlights of the Farmers and watch the playoff. It, and it's it's quite bonkers. I read it as, but there was a quote that said bunker controversy. There was absolutely no bunker controversy. It was just clickbait headlines. Uh, but basically, Luke, this tees off. It cracks me up because the commentator goes, that is bombed right down the middle. Sure, in the bunker on the right-hand side of the fairway, so not, not quite down the middle. <laughs> yeah. uh, Zalatoris steps up and then does exactly the same. And we're talking the ball lands three inches away from Luke's in the bunker. Like they are next to each other. And obviously there's a bit of discussion around, right, who's going first? What happens if one ball moves? Like, So there was all of this. That's when you realise, like, so Luke List goes first. He's in the bunker. He's looking down at his ball, and two inches away is another is another ball. I can't imagine how like weird it must be stood over like stood over a shot. <laughs> there being two balls within your like line of vision of where I'm going to hit. And he, you watch the slow mo replay, and he must miss Zalatoris's ball by like millimeters in the bunker. It's actually quite incredible. It's it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, they both they both like punch out of the bunker. And then Luke List just hits a worldly of an approach shot um, to to take to take the title, which is um, I'm gonna level with you. I was gutted. I wanted I wanted a Zalatoris win. I, I think out of the two of them, like when you're watching the the main footage of the of the round, you're watching both of them go about their rounds, and I couldn't help but think neither of these two are going to win this golf tournament because they could not make a part yeah. for love nor money. Some of uh, Zalatoris's uh, backstrokes or backstroke? That's a swimming stroke. Backswings. <laughs> <laughs> some of, this is a golf podcast. Yeah, some of Zalatoris's backswings. Um, it looked like he was drawing like a figure of eight on the backswing. It just wasn't coming back nice and straight and through. It was kind of all over the place, and it looked like he was kind of stabbing at it and getting real choppy at it. Um, so I think you know, Liss missed quite a couple of, of real short putts as well, and I, I think they alluded to on, on on commentary that he was in the two hundreds for strokes gained putting on the year so as we as i said when was it last week two weeks ago when faxon said look it's not about who's the best putter it's who has a great week on the greens out of the best ball strikers Mm. i think going into 18 on sunday i think i heard them say on the week he was fifth strokes gained putting so he'd put it together and then started started getting a bit rattly down the stretch um with the putter so he missed a few short ones so i was watching that thinking that it's going to be jason days down the stretch isn't it or, or Rams, but um, it never quite materialised. It's a fair play to list. Fair play to list, and um, I don't know if you two know. There's been a certain brand that will be absolutely loving life right now. Um, do you know which brand Luke List plays? No. 
PXG. G. Mm. He yeah. plays PXG, and they don't, they don't have many uh, athletes on their on their books. Who won the week before? Can you remember? Uh, yes, Sutton Swafford. He's Swafford, another PXG yeah, player. Also PXG, yeah. and on the LPGA Tour this weekend, Lydia Ko was the winner, who has been a PXG athlete up until literally like two weeks ago. Uh, but still has a full bag of PXGs. The only club she's actually changed, interestingly, is the driver. So she, I think she moved to, a, I think it was a Titleist driver, but the rest of the bag is still PXG, and she takes, I mean, I'm going to say yet another win. I feel like she's she's winning, or has been winning a lot. So uh, PXG, loving life, I imagine, right now, yeah, just getting yeah. a lot of a lot of good publicity. Oh, and guess, yeah. second, guess who's in second on the LPGA? Danielle Kang. Tour, tour, slice of golf tour favourite, Danielle Kang in second yeah. place. Killing it. Killing it. Uh, PGA Tour, Wednesday to Saturday. Caught a few people out on DraftKings. Well, completely threw me. Completely <laughs> threw me. How do we, how do we feel about that? I'll tell you why it threw me. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd set, um, you know when you have like a Sunday afternoon and you've still set with you... Not not made plans in and around when the golf's going to be on, but you kind of think, oh, you know, I'll be cooking Sunday dinner around sort of five ish or whatever. Oh, I'll I'll put in the, the I'll put on Sky Sports and get the pre the preamble. And um, not not that I was that I was disappointed. That I think it was, I think LPA LPGA was on instead, so I was kind of like, okay, that's fine, deal with that. I mean, but just every now and then, you're kind of like, oh, oh, it's it's just I'm thrown off. I don't like it. I'm a man of routine, as you know, and it threw me right off. It's, so I, none I, of this, none of this. For, for for the past couple of weeks, I actually would have quite enjoyed it, and I think just a couple of weeks more because uh, I'm quite a big NFL fan. So it always clashes for me on a Sunday night whether to watch PGA Tour or, or the NFL. Um, so I usually flick between the two. So to have the PGA Tour finish on a Saturday night so that I can then focus solely on what's going on with the American football, I'm, I was more than pleased with that. And and is that but, why but, it was? Wednesday to Saturday because of the the NFL. I'm fairly certain, yeah, because it was the the, the yeah. championship games, Super Bowls in in a fortnight's time, so right. it was like the final big knockout game. Got you. Fair. Um, so, something that I messaged you to about. Uh, I know we're big Will Zalatoris fans. He's not quite as young as what we think he is, is he? No, this shocked me. A little wait, bit. wait, how how young how young did you think he is, and how I don't actually know how old he is. So I th- I thought he was like fresh out of college. Uh, yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought. I, like I always had in my head like he was 21, 22. Um, yeah, I know. I had. 24. He's actually he's actually he's actually twenty five. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, the stat that you know I think we've just got this perception of he's young, he's fresh out, he's kind of really good. The stat that that no laying up put up. Um, at the same age, uh, Jordan Spieth had had eleven wins. JT nine and of course Tiger had twenty eight at the same stage, so like where we talk about you know Zalatoris being quite young and, and fresh, uh, to be fair, he's of a fair old age. Can I also just inject and say that I feel like this is a, a like a bit of a uh, subtle humble brag from Fowlers here, who is the youngest member of the trio, and he's basically referring to a twenty five year old as yeah, an old man, whereas Chris and I, Chris and I, thinking he's still pretty he's young, young to us. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he is very young. But I, I look at him, I watch him, and I'm like, yeah, you've got to be like 21, 22. And when I saw that stat, I was like, what? What? Huh? 
because both Hovland and Morikawa are younger than them, which yeah. also surprised me. Yeah, no, I think he obviously Hovland Morikawa they came out of college two years ago, so you come out of college at what 20, <laughs> yeah. 23. Yeah. Bearing in mind, going back onto that, bearing in mind they are now numbers two and three in the world. World rankings are done on the accumulative accumulation of two years of golf. Yeah. They were in they were in college two and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah. It took them all of six months to get up to speed to start accumulating enough points that they would be two and three in the world in two years' time. Um, like actually unbelievable. So we'll mention DraftKings quickly here. Uh, PGA DraftKings Sunday Red League. Tim absolutely dominating the PGA. Uh, we were saying off air before the show that uh, over the last few weeks, Tim has been <laughs> crushing the PGA and not finding his feet quite so well in the European Tour, and, and I've been the other way around. But Tim, I finished in sixth in that league, in the PGA one. You were 103 points ahead of me. You are miles ahead. Even Jake in second place was 464 points. You were 518 points that is a monster week. Hat off to you. Uh, anything you'd like to say about your team? Who's uh, who deserves a shout out? Um, so the people that deserve a shout out on my team. I mean, John John Rahm was the easy yep. pick, to be quite honest. Uh, just just very quickly on John Rahm because you have mentioned his name. John Rahm. I don't know whether you two thought this as well. Played about as bad as seemingly possible this week. And he finished one off the lead. Yeah. I thought he yeah. looked so off the pace for John Rahm. And you're like, well, yeah, you're one off the lead, potentially going to be in a playoff <laughs> to, to take it down the stretch. Sorry, Timbo. No, no, not at all. Absolutely right. Um, my man, Lanto Griffin, had a, had, a, had a bit of a ropey first day when he was one over, then went um, four under, bad third day, two over, then a final day, seven under. He's just... He's just in in a competition like DraftKings, Lance Griffin is just like just get him in. Mm. He's gonna he he will he will pretty much make the cut pretty much every weekend. It's like the new day. Yeah, Pat guaranteed to miss the cut this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, probably, I'll probably give him a week off this week. Now I've said that, um, but I, I I just think he's a he's not necessarily always going to be the the super super high end when it comes to the final standings, but he's always making the cut. He's generally always going to be in the top 30, I would say, of the field. Um, I took a punt on Molinari this week because he had a great performance, a sort of a a bit of a a comeback to prominence in the Amex the week before. He came back and shot a three under for the weekend. Um, So that was decent. Pereira was my my big, I would say my big, my big, big pick in terms of coming from relative, not, not obscurity. He's not obscure at all, but not necessarily a, um, a recognised pick, I would say. Um, and he went through yeah, three under, three under, two under, one under. Yeah, so I, I also have Pierre at uh, uh, 7,400 to rock up 78 yeah. points. That's solid. Thank you very much. Annoyingly, he'll be a lot more expensive this week, he probably which will be. is a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, no, nothing more on my team. Um, what I, I mean, having just talked about Fowlis's humble brag a second ago, I am going to talk about one of my own because in the standings within the Sunday Red League, you can look at the league table, the cumulative league table of all performances in, of all time. You look at scores. Um, I'm just going to throw it out there. My prize money winnings are looking rosy. Yeah, you 
you finishing the money quite a lot. Like it's actually quite worrying. Like, um, are you? Do you play any other contests, or do you only play the Sunday red ones? I only play the uh, Sunday red like, ones. I feel like you should and start I, and entering some of the actual is... the big the big leagues, as it were. So I got a really. I'm sorry, this is a really boring question. On the league tables, you have it has listed number of contests, then won, then placed. Does it separate out won and placed? As in, are those eight wins within the thirteen I've placed in? I've no idea. Or are they separate? No idea. <laughs> anyway, basically, what this data is telling me is that a third, a third of the ra- a third of the DraftKings rounds I play, I finish in the money. Yeah. Did you score five hundred and eighteen points? Yeah, okay, so six hundred the week there's, before. There's a, there's another competition that I entered, and actually, to be fair, not not that you, what you achieved wasn't excellent. Five hundred eighteen would have got you in this competition a three x return on your money. So it was a five dollar competition, so you'd have got fifteen dollars back. So basically, what you're telling me is you're trying to goad me into gambling. Yeah, is what is what this sounds. Well, like. I mean, you're, you're obviously time, quite time, consistent, Timbo. It's time to start hustling the DraftKings community, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let, let's put this into perspective. In this particular contest, first place, which was uh, oh my word, first place, wow, first place was twenty five grand. <laughs> I didn't even realise that. Uh, twenty five grand for wow. Uh, nice, they scored six hundred and thirty. Points. Wow, a team PXG club for all of us. Um, Tim, your five hundred and eighteen points would have finished you in two thousand six hundred and fourteenth position. Right. Okay. Yeah. Probably don't go dropping too much. (laughs) Maybe don't. Maybe don't. Maybe don't start with like the the fifty and hundreds. Maybe start with like the five dollar. Um and gradually just add it add, top it up by like two two dollars yeah. a week. That's the kind of place I'm <laughs> at. And um, Ben, how did you do in the PGA one? Um shit, I would assume really, <laughs> really bad. It's one of those didn't switch on beyond Friday. It was like I'm just gonna enjoy the golf. I'm not gonna let it spoil <laughs> spoil me watching it. Um yeah, as you know, it's got to the stage. I said in the group chat the other day, the, the fans have started calling for my head um, from 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 the terraces. They really do want Fowlis out. Fowlis's Tigers are uh, having a bit of a shite start to the year, um, and by a bit, I mean I'm not sure. I think I've got two points so far. Uh, we'll, we'll come to that in a minute. From, so we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll I'll mention that in a minute. But yeah, you got you got a, a solid zero there. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Let's not do dropping. So let's actually just talk about the European Tour for, or sorry, DP World Tour for a yeah. second. Um, did you guys? Oh, me? just quickly, just just very quickly, going back to the PGA because I know how much he loves him. I just want Tim to tell us how much he loved Brooks Kepka's new hairstyle. Oh yeah. What do you think? Because I know you're his biggest oh. fan. Oh. <laughs> for a guy that tries to be to 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 give off the impression that oh yeah I just I just turn up and play golf I don't really care about it at all to then come out with the biggest cry for look at me look at me ever now nah, he can do one he he is firmly he is firmly 
dropped himself out of my uh, out of my good books in golfers. He's he's very much in my 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 merry band of golfers that I just do not enjoy particularly at the yeah. moment. At the moment, you can always change because I've come three I've come three sixty on Bryson. Bryson's back in my good books actually, um, but right now, he's just. I think I think it, it rolls on from the back end of last year when he was just actually version on just being a bully. Yeah. And since then, I've just, yeah, just not taken to him particularly well. And yeah, I'm not a fan of the haircut, but then I'm, I'm becoming an old man. So that's probably half the reason. <laughs> so we'll add Brooks Kepka onto the list of people that probably won't want to come on a slice of gold. <laughs> it's mounting up. My opinion can always change. Like I say, caveat, opinions are always fleeting, can always change. And I don't know, I mean, who, it, what's he going to say to me? I mean, like, he's going to be like, yeah, well, I don't really care what yeah, you like, think. I've got to be right to the bank. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Sure. DP World Tour, Dubai. Mm. Uh, mm. Did you guys watch it? I'm going to start with Ben. Did you watch any of the DP World Tour? I did. I watched watched quite a bit of it. I do quite like that tournament. The the, the, the T box, obviously, overlooking the, the Dubai skyline, is always is quite iconic. Um, I was watching it thinking, I, the problem I have with, with any time Hovland plays really, really well and wins, I can just imagine Chris sat there in his home grinning, yeah. grinning like a five-year-old kid on Christmas Day when Hovland's playing really well. Yeah. Um, You're not wrong. I do enjoy it. And, you know, those final three holes are not easy. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say they're the hardest in world golf, but for Victor Hovland to go four under through the final, final three holes to force a playoff, I think is... Just, it was just insane. Um, it's good to see Rory back in contention. Oh, no, I, do one of you, do one of you want to tell me what the fuck he was thinking? What, with this, three words? So wait, look. I, first of all, obviously, yes, I was sat there like a Cheshire cat watching Hovland win. Absolutely love that guy. Um, thought genuinely when it got to the point where he was in like, on in the playoff, and I think I messaged you guys, and I was like Richard Bland on the on the um, on the practice ground grinding away. And there's Victor just looked like he was scrolling through Instagram. I was like, right, he's he's so chilled out. <laughs> I was like, this guy. And then he steps up onto the team. Like, yeah, he's he's there. he's gonna win. No, like, there's, there was never a doubt. The, the, the stuff all over social media as well. Like after he won, you see him in the trophy presentation and meeting all the people. I I saw loads of tweets about him. like you can't help but love him. Yeah. It's almost probably one of the most infectious characters in sport. And but he's gonna. He already is a superstar, but he's going to be a global superstar. Uh, we'll come back to Hovland in a minute. Like, I, I actually, I wanted Hovland to win, no doubt. When I knew he was in contention, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. This is, let's, let's, let's root for Hovland. But for most of the tournament, I was like, Rory's back. I was like, Rory's got this. And then he, and, it, and even on the 17th tee, it was still hit. Like, I still thought he's got, an easy birdie opportunity and, you know, a safe part and he's won. Where, yeah, when, when, when actually you commented in the group, as soon as it happened, it was as soon as he got out of that bush on the par three where he put himself in a hell of a lot of shit where it looked like yeah. he was going to have to take a drop and you message saying basically, oh, he's fucked that it. That was the 17th. And then like two minutes later when he got out of the bush, he was like, oh no, maybe not. And he got up and down from there. You were like, right, he's, he's probably got this mm. in the bag. Tim, what were your Tim, what were your thoughts on the Rory, the Rory situation? So we were messaging in real time as it was playing out, and it sort of 
the commentary went along the lines of, ah, he's fucked it, hasn't he? <laughs> when he when he binned his drive, he his drive on seventeen into the bushes, then played out of it very nicely. Then I was I was I was up. I was like, I don't feel like he's been given enough credit for that pass save there. Like in commentary, they said, oh, he'll be relieved to get out of there. Like if that's me, I'm like, I'm I'm like taking my shirt off and jumping into the pond if I'm coming out of there with a par after being in that. Uh, in, in that trouble after the par shot and in my head I was kind of like okay well that's if you're going to have a blow up hole when you're chasing slash leading that's the what that's how to do it that's you have your blow up you get out of there you take your par move on you kind of take that breathing be like Phew, that could have been bad and then just just play the last hole just play the last hole and he got I think he birded it the two the two previous rounds as well and it was it obviously hit his driver, good position with the driver. And then there was there was that there's that moment, isn't there? Because he had two two hundred sixty seven yeah. yards for the green, and I think he was playing. He was with Fleetwood, yeah. wasn't he? And Fle- Fleetwood had already laid up because you to to to, to par five and tee shot. He had about two hundred sixty seven in to go to the green, or you can obviously lay up and then hit over the water. Uh, sensible play would be you lay up, chip on, just take your par, force the issue. But then I think Chris, you and I were sort of saying, no, mentally you've got to go for this. If you're in this position, you're chasing down the pack, and you're kind of you've got to you've got to back yourself and go for it. And almost as soon as I typed it on my phone, I was like, mm, I've got a I've Which, got a bad wait, feeling. Wait, can I just jump in? When you say you've got to back yourself, uh, 267 yards over a massive lake. Uh, I'm absolutely not backing myself if I'm raw. Oh, if I'm, oh, raw, oh, I'm, oh, no. I'm backing myself, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be probably laying up after four shots <laughs> to get to the green, to be, to be honest. So, yeah, we're certainly not talking about the way that we would play said golf hole. Um, but I say, as soon as I'd, re- I'd sent a message, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. And then you get. He hits the shot. A, you see the pro tracer. B, you see his reaction to it, and you're just like, yeah. game over. Absolutely game. I don't, I don't even. I don't even need to watch the next five seconds to know what's happening to this shot. And plop, middle of the drink. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, mm, up and down from the from <laughs> from the hitting zone to force par and playoff. Which he nearly did yeah, in fairness. It was yeah. a very. It was a brilliant par. It just scorched the edge. Um, I actually was more I would have more wanted Richard Bland to win the playoff okay. than Hovland um, because I think Bland was just he was just vibing it I was the, the fist pump he gave on the 18th after thinking his putt to push it to the playoff I was like I was I was feeding off that and I really like Richard yeah. Bland it's just a great story um, isn't it and then you see the emotion that, that, that Tim Barter has with him as well and you like and again, shows the class of Hovland when he walks off. His first thing was to say sorry to Tim Barter because obviously Tim Barter coaches. Yeah, who's interviewing him yeah, for, like, on Sky Sports. Yeah. He's like coming to interview yeah. and Hovland's being like, oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, that's just, just crazy that that is the first thing that he thinks of, which is yeah. I've just crushed your top student. Uh, I'm absolutely buzzing, but yeah, I'm also sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, coming second as the coach getting a second place you're still getting quite a handsome payday it's just not quite as uh, so. not quite as pretty as the as the first place but yeah so so rory absolutely fucked it 
on 17 right actually <laughs> yeah. he just he it was his to win I, I felt that watching it i was like it's his to win and he's thrown it away rory Avalo, i kind of feel like i kind of feel like it's uh, i obviously i made the mistake a second ago calling it a par three it was you were you look were right it was the par four um it kind of was a, a sign of how he was on the week. If Rory's short, short game is dialed in, if his, his, his chipping is pitching and his putting is good, I feel like he's always going to be in contention because mm. he's got everything else. And that was kind of the sign across the course of the week. And lo and behold, it was a, a three-word, a club that you... That's probably why he went for it because it was like, Look, I feel pretty good with this and I've been playing pretty well. Well, they said in commentary, didn't they? They said that one of the greatest three words they'd ever seen hit in their life was Rory on this hole. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, we all know what's going to happen now. Yeah. Always. Um, but there's a, I've just got a couple of... Just, he, he's Victor Hovland's my man. So let's let's talk about Victor real quick. Uh, he was six under on the final day. Takes it to playoff to then take it to the win. He... As you said, Ben, I think he was, was he four under through the final three holes? Yeah. Birdie, eagle, birdie, eagle, birdie. Is that right? Birdie. And he as well, he said afterwards, he knew where he was at and he knew he had to do yeah. it. And then his drive on 17 out. was not, his drive on 17 reminded me of Morikawa's at the um, PGA Champs. Yeah. Where same yeah. sort of thing, just gunning for it. And I'm just like, yep, you've, you've pulled that off. And can you imagine him walking off 17, just walking on 18, like, Fuck it, let's go do this. Like let's let's actually go do this. Yeah. So um now t- Tim, I don't know why, but I feel like you might be a tennis tennis fan. So yep. I know It's probably because I've been plastering tennis all over my Instagram for the last forty eight hours. It's very probably. astute of you, Chris. Well done. I know <laughs> next to zero about tennis. However, yep. game the match the game match this weekend, Nadal versus insert name Tim, <laughs> who was playing? Medvedev. Fine. Uh, talk me through it. Nadal was how many sets and games down halfway through? Uh, two sets and a breakdown. Perfect. And which, uh, in tennis terms, if if you know nothing about tennis, this is like being uh, how would I equate? This is like being slightly so like le- le- leading two lead- down with three to play. It's like leading the Formula One championship on the last lap. And then having <laughs> the the goal is wide open. Got it. Got it. Okay. Fine. So. Uh, something that I saw was Nadal was had a something like a two point three percent chance of winning at that point. Like the data, all the data said he was not going to win at this point. He had yeah. The data all said yeah. he's lost, and this always makes me think. I'm like, right, data cannot factor in yet human emotion, human drive, mentality, mm-hmm. right? There's always that that little thing. And just, just, and I read that and I was like, oh, I saw something. And there was something that I'd clicked on on, on Saturday night after the European Tour round three had finished. And it was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm pull up the, the website. It's a really geeky website. It's like Data, Data Golf. And basically what it does is it shows you like the live stats of, I'm pretty sure this is probably made for people who want to go gambling, but um, on day, so I didn't reload the page. I just opened up the page, didn't reload it, and I had it set for on day three. So coming into the final round, what do you reckon Hovland's chances of winning statistically with all the data and the, the thing they have available to them? 
what do you reckon they ranked at the, Hovland, who was sixth back the start, on day? At the, at the start of the final day. So after this? day three, he was, he's sixth back. How far is he away? So he was sixth back, yeah. wasn't he? And how many players were in between him and the top of the league? He's 13th. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be pretty low. You've got to be sort of sub, sub three or four percent. I would say. I was going to say sub five, but because you brought up the Nadal reference, one percent. He had, according to all the statistical modelling you can find, he had a one point seven percent chance of winning. Crikey! You see, in amateur (laughs) golf and the way that we play. What you could probably do with that kind of stat is turn it around and go fuck up. <laughs> You've got a ninety-seven percent chance of fucking this up, Tim. If you go, if you go for a weekend, if you go for a weekend away with the with with the squad, let's say, and you you've got the overnight leader who's hit, I don't know, maybe you've hit thirty points in Stableford points to be the leader on the Saturday night. I yeah, I think I think we're more in the realms of right who who can not hold their bottle and it's just gonna fuck this up completely on the on the second day. Um don't worry, I would firmly put myself <laughs> within that camp if if we were gonna put people in it. Um I zero zero bottle. But, and and the reason I bring that up is because I think actually that's a really nice reminder that we can have all the stats in the world and yet mentally golf will a humble us or if you have the right as we talked about previously like and we've got you know talk about james landon if you've got the right psychology on the day and you've got the right mindset golf can golf can do some really bizarre things so for someone to come back from a 1.7 percent chance of winning to win it on that final day i think is just is just not and to put this in perspective the top two players you had harding who i think you had in your fantasy league team tim he had a 27.8% chance yeah. of winning and McElroy had a 27.2% chance of winning. So basically, everyone was saying it'll be one of those two and neither of them were in that, neither in that playoff. Where, in fact, where was Richard Brand was fifth? He had a 1.9% chance of winning. Like, it's just mad. Yeah, I think percentage chance of winning without poo-pooing your, your, your whole piece just then, Chris. I think golf stats like that have kind of got to be thrown out the window talking about probabilities of winning because so much comes into every equation when it comes to down the stretch on a golf course. That it Oh, God, like betting on golf. If you were to pick the winner of a golf tournament, it's very bloody hard, isn't it? And even using statistics, you can go up to your eyeballs. The amount of times that I've read DraftKings... Um, articles turned up and I've come dead last and I've tried to fit in as many of their players as I can. And it's just, yeah. So yeah, we'll come Sometimes that it doesn't bit, make any I, sense. Final, final, <laughs> final stat and Hovland before we move on. Last five starts. Have you guys seen this? Last five no. starts. First, first, 30th, bit rubbish. Fourth, first. Two, I mean, Thirtieth is still a made cut for a lot of people. That's yeah. their highest ever finish on a PGA Tour tournament, and we're saying, "Yeah, shit." That dude is on fire right now. Oh god, it's no surprises up to number three in the world, is it? A form like that, and I and I love when they tip. Was it um, Tim Barton asked him at the end? You know, should Colin and uh, Colin and Ron be worried? And he was like, "Oh, I'm you know, I'm just putting my game." He was, again, very very humble. 
And then I saw another clip of him, and it was like people with green jackets on, and they were saying, "Hey, we want to see you win the Masters." And like, that's the plan. And I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> come on, come on." <laughs> I think it is great, great for golf, like uh, having two such likable guys right near the mm. top. Because I think Morikawa's the same. They just carry themselves yeah. so well, don't they? Um, it's great for us to watch. Obviously, they're incredible. But then I think it's great for the for the, the game as a whole, having two of, of the games who will no doubt become icons of the game if they carry on in their trajectory, mm. being who they are. So I think it's more 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 credit to them. Love it. Quick mention. Uh, Joe, go no on. one, you go. I was going to say, down the stretch, you've mentioned his name already. We've been speaking about three woods. Do we want to talk about Justin Hardin's three wood out of the greenside bunker? <laughs> what? 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 So for those who haven't seen it, it's not, I don't know whether it's done the rounds on social media, but I would assume it would. One of our mates sent it into our group chat. Uh, Justin Hardin in contention, as we've spoken about. He's in a greenside bunker. There's a greenside bunker on the other side of the green. And his his caddy doesn't snatch the three wood out of his hand. Can't say I've ever seen someone hit a, a three wood out of a bunker before. Questionable choice at best. Well, I, uh, I and mean, needless to say, it putt. didn't go well. I've seen people putt out of bunker, and I thought that was bizarre. I've that is the first time I've seen a three wood out of a greenside bunker. That for me was I was like, what is going on but, here? Like Phil Mickelson when he's thrown his toys out of his pram. I get it because we've seen him do that sort of stuff before. But when you're in contention, coming down the line, it didn't look like his lie was that bad. Um, and for those who haven't seen it, go check it out on Twitter when you get the chance. Uh, but it didn't stay on the green, didn't go anywhere near the hole, went into the greenside bunker on the other side of the green. Yeah. <laughs> no, no surprise there. Got a question what his caddy was doing as well. I would be snatching that club straight out of his hand and saying, no, no chance, Justin. Sorry, buddy. Do, do you think he, at any point, has practised out of a greenside bunker with a three-wood? Or do you think he literally stood there and went, do you know what? Three-wood in? Just, just no, he has, he has to have practised. Who's practising a three-wood out of a bunker? But he has to have done. If you're in contention down the stretch, you don't go, tell you what, I'm going to practise a shot. I've never done before. I don't think so. Really? No. It was a very yeah. fruity decision, like very, <laughs> very jazzy. It went about I mean, as well as I would expect it to go if I took a three-wood out of the greenside bunker. Yeah, that's, prob- yeah, that's probably accurate. Yeah. It's just lunacy. Yeah, and he ended up tripling, tripling that hard. Oh, don't, don't, be, don't, be, don't be that harsh. I mean, he got, he got out of the bunker, so, you know. <laughs> sure. You're leading a competition, um, you take a three-wood out of the bunker, you go three over on that hole. Hmm. Just anything, even if it's like a, a shit lie, you think you'd just sh- bunt out a pitching wedge, or I don't know, take a little less loft than the, than your lob wedge. You don't expect him to to pull out a three wood, do you? No. I bet Tim's screwing <laughs> because he was really helping Tim's fantasy league team at this point. He was really, really helping me out <laughs> before he did that shit. Uh, so let's just quickly mention DraftKings uh, for the European Tour. DP World Tour, uh, I will happily take the crown. Second win in a row on European Tour. Not sure what on earth is going on, but I'm loving my starts Fantasy League this year. Uh, so delighted with that. My shout-outs will go to... Who we, ah, Had Hovland, that helped. Hatton, uh, Lengast, Sharma. Sharma crushed it the week before in Abu Dhabi. I thought, yep, yeah, okay, similar vibes. Let's get him in this week. Plus eight, right? Okay, not, 
not so good. Uh, Jameson, again, I thought he'd play really well the week before. He was level par. Um, and then Elvira. So basically, he was carried by Hovland and Hatton. So thank you very much, Hovland and Hatton. Uh, Timbo, 10th. Fowlis, well, Fowlis was below that. So um, not too, not too, too, not, you know, quite poor contest there for you, Fowlis. How are you feeling after this week? I am. Uh... Yeah, I am the Alan Pardew of fantasy golf. <laughs> Just can't buy it. Just heading for relegation fodder at the moment. We are going, <laughs> going to be sacked from this league. I'm not going to take. Long. I'm going to live with you. Jesus. This is you are exactly where I was last year, uh, and I was just mounting up zeros, zeros every week. Yeah. It took a while for it to get better. It's like Leicester the year after they won the Premier League, and then they were in a relegation battle <laughs> yeah. by like November. Just got to rise from the ashes. I think I've just really come on strong, like Chelsea last year. We uh, won the won the oh, Champions League. No, if you off. didn't know, so sack the manager Go midway off. through the season. So, Champions Europe. Best team in the world. So we're going to do the same in draft. Okay, fine. So after five events, uh, this is just between me, uh, Tim and Ben here. After five events, I've got myself 11 points. Tim on seven, <laughs> Ben on nice. two. Yeah, these. <laughs> wow. Fuck. <laughs> God. Ben. He's struck. He's struck. We've got to be careful walking out my front door. They're going to start throwing vegetables <laughs> at me. Get out. Sacked. <laughs> Shit. The funny thing about that is he could have, Fowlis could have two absolutely, he'd still be in the same position in two weeks' time. Yeah. Even if he has two great weeks. <laughs> I, I need to have a worldy month. It's just, I need to start it's clocking up five events. And... It's, it's, actually, it's actually not that many events, but it just looks bad, doesn't it? To, to have two points is not, not a good return, is it? Yeah, particularly as well. I think what makes it worse, and I think we say this every time, you look at your own team, you're like, oh, yeah, that's winning. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking it home this week. I have picked the best team that anyone could possibly pick on DraftKings. And I'm going into it this week with the same confidence and probably will come last. So, yeah, positive. Nice. Okay. The good news is that it's Pebble Beach this weekend, which is a really predictable tournament. So, there you go. Yeah. For sure. Okay, let's let's move on from that. Let's go on to this week's uh, topic that I want to talk about. And I, I actually can't believe we haven't talked about this up until up until this week because these this is news that's probably a week, two, three weeks old, uh, and that is every January we get the the new best drivers ever come to market. Uh, we've got new drivers from a lot of the brands. Uh, obviously, the one making the big, the big statement is the the TaylorMade Stealth with their carbon wood, carbon wood. Is that right? Can't, can't even remember their marketing carbon faceplate, which is basically the thing. Now, apparently, that's not actually a new thing. Apparently, brands have been playing around with carbon for for a while, just haven't been able to create anything that that really works. No, I know Cal- Callaway tongue in cheek, but out. Carbon's old. We did that like 25 years yeah, ago yeah. and they put up their original carbon <laughs> yeah. driving head, which I thought, fair play to their uh, social media team. That was good. So, so I just wanted to ask you too, uh, what's your view on the the new drivers? We've got obviously the TaylorMade Stealth, the Callaway Road, the Cobra King, and I think, I, I can't remember what one of you mentioned something that sounded hilarious off air. Uh, what's your two views on them? I'm going to come to Tim. I'm going to come to you first. So I think you're alluding to when I mentioned the Cleveland Launcher XL, which um, 
<laughs> off air file said it sounds like something else which is a bit rude which really tickled me um uh, yeah i mean to be honest i mean it comes around every year right it's this time of year every single time every year it comes around and it's amazing isn't it how there's never been a driver this good every single january <laughs> it's incredible the the, the uh, look obviously these guys are plowing millions into R&D um, but I wonder what the balance is between their R&D and their marketing budgets I'll put it that mm. way um, I mean where, where, how many years ago was the jailbreak technology which I think was my personal favourite of the marketing Just the worst. Um, uh, that was my I think that was my favourite um, someone's getting paid a lot of money to come up with that that's, that's brilliant um, in all honesty last couple of years i just tune out of equipment releases i i really do because they're obviously coming out with new stuff but the marketing just sounds the same every single yeah. time well it's because it is if you know what i mean mm. but it's like introducing the new best ever driver yeah, you said that yeah, last the year. longest i sent you guys the the message do you want to hit it longer and further and with more accuracy? Yes, of course I do. I don't think the driver's. I don't think the driver's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think I sent you guys. Uh, you know, the, the message. I was watching the golf and on, on came the advert for the 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 Callaway ad, the Callaway driver, and it and it it cracked me up because it like the voiceover said. Uh, what did it say? The voiceover said the longest, most stable driver ever. And then in small print, written on the screen, it said, compared to previous Callaway models. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're, we're now onto the stage of putting caveats in voiced over adverts. I feel like we're going to, it's, it's going to be like the whole, if Carlsberg did. I, I just think there, there is a big open net here for Cobra. They've just signed up Kyle Berkshire. They sponsor Bryson DeChambeau, longest guy on tour. World's long drive here, so you're like, Callaway have just claimed that they are the longest driver. You have an open net. Come back and just absolutely hammer that football into the back of the net. You have a chance here to be like, well, <laughs> that's cute. We've got the two biggest guys in the world. Mm. So I'm surprised they've not come back with something like that because Cobra tends to be pretty yeah, good. Yeah, something like the longest drivers on tour choose us. Yeah, the longest drivers, period. Yeah. yeah. Quite easy. It's easy marketing. I um again, kind of hats off to TaylorMade. I kind of feel like they've owned the marketing space. They were everywhere when they they when they they first brought mm -hmm. it out, um, and they have massively gone into the like the the celebrity and the sports star market as well. Because um, I saw Kevin Peterson got took delivery of one today. I oh, really and, and again posted about it. The only the only thing I would say to TaylorMade's marketing is there was very little originality and like what seemed like genuine um, opinion on the driver from the players. It seemed like they were just copying and pasting something that had been written to say. And I know that's the same with a lot of brand deals and endorsements and stuff, but you'd think if a player is getting paid X amount a year from TaylorMade and TaylorMade said, look, we've got a brand new driver. Here it is. Just write something you like about it. And then they write their own opinions. I think would probably come across a bit better i think that's because i'm the opposite to tim and i do pay attention to a lot of it and i was like huh that 
looks exactly the same as what he mm. said. Ugh. It's all the same. Um, but other than that, I think marketing, I think they've done a better job than all the others. Yeah, I mean, marketing-wise, they TaylorMade launched, and obviously, they, obviously, they said to everybody, they obviously sent everybody the their free TaylorMade stealth driver to quote unquote test, and they they obviously had the and they did this beautifully. You cannot release any content until whatever it was, two p.m. on date X, whatever, because when that moment come, there was you had the Rick Shields video, Peter Finn, like all of them, every single one of them came out at exactly the same time, with all very very similar, <laughs> very similar. What do you call them? Like the YouTube thumbnails. Thumbnails. Like, yeah. Well done, TaylorMade. I was like, I genuinely, I was like, you have dominated, so, you know, socials for. They probably they were, I didn't check this, but they were probably trending on all those different on all the different platforms, right? They were they were everywhere, and I thought really well done, really good move, um, just present everywhere, which I thought was impressive. And then more quietly, Callaway and Cobra released a few days released a few days later, it seemed, just kind of a bit under the radar. But which one? Which one is your favourite looking? Pick out of the three: Telemade Stealth, Callaway Rogue, Cobra King. Which one is your favourite? Then. Now it's it's one that we uh, a brand that we've kind of hammered in the past because I'm sorry if you bought a Maverick but it's the ugliest driver <laughs> I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Callaway we've slaughtered them before, but I actually really do like the new Callaway mm. until Taylor made announced that you can basically create your own color. Yeah. I'm like I really like that concept, uh, and I've always quite liked the way that Taylor made look from the top down. That kind of carbony, like graphite color. Um, so I'm going to go just based on history and how that influences my decision here. I would vote for the TaylorMade with, with with a butt, and I don't know whether you want this butt before or after Tim's go. You can go. Okay. Uh, if you've not seen it yet, go and check out the new Mizunos. I mean, they make beautiful golf clubs anyway. Uh, but this year's driver is by far and away the best they've ever made. I think it is gorgeous. And that, for me, would pip all the others. Interesting. Okay. what uh, is that the Mizuno STX? This is the thing with Mizunos. Trying to uh, announce it off the top of my head. Pretty hard because it's not got a good ring to no. it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little research what Tim... Tim's talking about yeah the STZ two twenty STZ okay or the STX two twenties awesome Tim where's where does your preference lie um it's just an it's just ever such a pretty club uh the the Cobra King LTDX is just really 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 good looking um and look I mean, let's not let's not muck around I love the I love the color scheme. The, the black and orange color scheme um it looks awesome it looks kind of looks it looks angry the bottom of it looks angry which i like um yeah i, I, I don't know why i've just always i've had this thing for a bit of a thing for cobra over i don't mean i don't play cobra clubs or you know i don't big go big after them but in terms of buying them but um there's something about Cobra I just quite like. I quite like their branding. I do quite like their marketing. You like um, Bryson? <laughs> I don't mind Bryson these days, actually. Um, and I kind of think, in a, in a roundabout way, because they're not, they're, they're less 
one of the real traditional mm. golf clubs, I would say. I quite I kind of quite like them for that reason. Um that's probably yeah, that's probably what I would if I could just pick any one of them off the shelf, I'd probably pick up the the LTDS. Nice. And uh, at least a hundred pounds cheaper than the others kind of feels like better value too. Mm. If Mura were to bring out a driver, that's the one I would pick. But they don't make drivers. <laughs> yeah, I I am with you guys. I'm very similar. I actually really love I I can't, I can't we after bashing them for so long, the Callaway Rogue actually looks really nice. <laughs> like it looks really yeah. nice. Um I don't actually like the look of the stealth in terms of like the shape. But I'm with you, Ben. I think the whole personalization of a of a club, I think, is very cool. I think I'm surprised that the other brands haven't done it, don't do it, or don't make such a big thing of it. If they do, I can't say I've researched yeah, into it because I it think is, Callaway, surely... Callaway Customs, they have something, but I don't know if it's like a, open to anybody and everybody that you can just do. Like, because I think particularly with all of their uh, heads. You know, I can't imagine it being that difficult to just drop them into a different pot of paint. Sort of <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what they do. I order the blue cover. <laughs> I've seen the uh, a, a pot of paint. It's a bloody big pot of paint. I've seen them. I've seen that some of the tailor made stuff do it and how they, they they dip it into the different paint colors and it all comes out. Um, like they're doing it anyway with their drivers. I'm surprised they don't have that personalization because people would pay more money for the same driver to have it custom. And then it also, it, it builds that unique thing to it. So I think that's, I don't know why brands don't do it as a standard. I've, I've been thinking this a lot recently about the whole personalization of golf clubs and why it isn't just a bigger thing. Now I, I know then it's apples and pears comparison, but if you think about how, you know, football boots, yeah. right? Mm. Football boots, you get, the it started off like years and years ago it was like nike nike yeah. id yeah. right where you could basically you go on like i mean i whittled literally hours of my life on this <laughs> yeah um, you go into nike id you pick out the boots you choose the color scheme you choose like what's what kind of initials or what kind of name you would have on the side of the boot now given how much people do spend on golf clubs and in certain instances, how regularly people do update their golf clubs. It seems peculiar to me that this just isn't a thing that has been, that's not taken off more. Mm. That either like, the, the yeah, whether it's kind of like a graphic that's printed onto the onto your irons or like an engraving or something like that. I, I don't know. I mean, even if you were to like off, even if you weren't the manufacturer of the club, right? Even if you were the an intermediary in that you let's say you buy you buy in a stock of whatever x number of clubs and irons and drivers and then you offer the service of okay we'll sell you the clubs and we'll just try and we'll, you just pay for the personalization on top or you or you find a way to discount it i'm amazed something like that hasn't taken off because there's definitely enough golfers that would that would definitely definitely personalize their clubs and their drivers i, I am too even to the point of and i know that this is going to sound ridiculous because there's a yeah, golf pride grips, right? They've got all the different colors you could ever imagine. But I never, I never see anyone with other, anything other than stock, stock black grips. Like, like what, why, what, like even from that point, I'm like, why are people not personalizing the grips of their clubs more? Like with some, I mean, I would guess that a solid black grip is a, a fairly sensible color for 
a grip is going to get quite dirty. But I don't know. I just well, I, I'm with you. I, I'm the same. I used to personalize. It's it, it's not going to. It's not like it's going to add any more work to them because the driver heads. It's not like they come in the color that they're presented to the customer as. They you know they do something to that driver head to make it look the way it does. Mm. It doesn't come straight out of the manufacturing plant like straight out of the machine like that and they just screw in this the sharpness off to go so i would like a custom driver after me yeah like I, again I've, I've been on the tournament yeah, website yeah, yeah. and i've already drawn up the different i've like played around with the different colors like i've gone obviously gone yellow white and blue for the leeds united so leeds, leeds, leeds. And i think it looks pretty good but i can understand that if you didn't i can understand if you don't go down the line of the manufacturers don't go down the line of offering you know bespoke driver head covers in any configuration you want because that's going to add a lot of legwork and production costs but just the idea of i don't know even even just being able to when you buy a club to i don't know monogram or personalize the driver head cover or just drop an engraving on the on the the irons it just it just seems peculiar that it's never taken off i i agree and i want to know why I mean, I would would I pay for it? Maybe not, but I love I love the idea of having Timbo on my driver. I just think it's great. Yeah, no, but I think I, I think obviously I think golf would have the habit of, although to be fair, football is now doing it. Like you to have your name put on the back of a football shirt suddenly adds about forty quid to the the cost of the shirt. But I think there will always be that yep. point of what what what's the cost if it if it's if it's like that no brain like if they're saying it's an extra tenner. Or twenty quid, yeah. or like people would to have it on your yeah. driver head cover. People would do it, like they wouldn't even think about it. They they click the box, and be like, yeah, add my initials on that, add my name, add whatever on there. Yeah, but I think even with with golf, I mean, some of the ridiculous tosh that people will spend good money on. I think if for the opportunity to to buy a driver, I think a lot of people would say, look, I'm getting a brand new driver. Like for me, I've had my driver for four and a half years now, and it's getting to that stage. Where I'm like, yeah, I'll probably get a new one soon. And this time I will go for whatever the best one is. And if they say, look, we, for an additional 50 or 100 quid, we'll completely custom it to however you like. I'd probably be like, actually, yeah, it will last me four years, five years. Why not? I imagine, I imagine um, the resale value of a club that has Ben Fowler stamped all over it is probably... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, has, it has to be absolute fire. Because <laughs> that, that ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Interesting. So we're we're in agreement. Callaway have improved over the last year with their club, which I think do all three of us agree on that. Are we all in agreement that I'm getting nods from both of them? Okay, so that's Callaway. Yeah, but I mean, com- if we're comparing it to the Maverick, it's coming from a low base. So let's let's not let's not get over the top in showering it with I, praise. I, yeah, I would say the Epic Max last year was a step up. Um, yes, and I now feel like Callaway have entered. Back into the game, probably. But they've got, if um, anything, I think the Epic Max wasn't quite there, but I feel like this year's one is. The Epic Max bad. went bold, didn't it? Whereas this year's gone a bit more, bit more subdued in colour and aggressiveness of of, of colour formations, etc. Cobra, just obviously the longest drivers on tour, longest drivers are using them, so good for them. Marketing tip from Ben Fowler's mm. view there, Cobra. You're welcome. Yeah, open goal, smash it through the back of the net. We're actually longer than you, Callaway. Eat that. And the tailor-made stealth, the main thing that we like about it is not the carbon face that they probably spent bazillions on uh, researching and developing. Uh, it's the fact that we can... What do you think of the... Re- 
What do you think of the red face? Like straight off the bat, if you were to get a stock off the shelf, red yeah, face. Yeah, I like it. Like it? I like yeah, face. I like it. Hmm. I think it looks. I think I actually think it looks really smart. It's just, it's just a bit different, isn't it? I think I think it's good. Hmm. Is from their point of view, if you're going to have a line of clubs up on a stand, which one now stands out? Theirs with the red, like theirs with the red face, just stands out. People will just be drawn to that straight away. Smart, smart move. Sorry. Yeah, like it. Uh, well done, Taylor Mate. You've done that. Um, I think that's everything. Is there anything else you guys would like to dive into before we uh, say see you later to the listeners? Nah, no, I might go and look into this personalisation <laughs> idea, though. With some more of my hours. Tim's going to send us a screenshot of a £469 driver in, in roughly 20 minutes' time. It's a new business idea for Tim. <laughs> yeah. Nah, just... just just something from uh, from the pros. I know we're way beyond that, but uh, something that really tickled me from from this round of of golf. Well, the rounds of golf from this weekend was just hot mics are just the best when pros don't necessarily think that they're being mm. uh, listened to, uh, heard. Like you kind of realise that bad shots they have similar reactions to us because a lot of times they're painted as robots. Um, I heard multiple like amusing swear words and players getting angry at themselves. It was just quite funny, and I, I, I'm all for it. CBS did a great job of bleeping out all of John Rams. Anytime <laughs> he looked like he was set to go, the audio just <laughs> randomly cut out. Can't think why. Which <laughs> I feel like they timed that very well. But um, yeah, heard a couple out of Rory. One from Bern Wiesberger, which really tickled me. But... The Rory, the Rory one I really enjoyed was 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 on the seventeenth when he was just getting getting lots of people to move because like guys this could go fucking anywhere because <laughs> yeah. that that brought it right back to you know how I how we play the game basically. I think it was on ten on Saturday he hit driver and Radar Riley was like well, I don't think drivers play you can probably reach water here and he flushed it. And you just hear it, hear him go, sit the fuck down. Just <laughs> <was> like what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Rose. get in. That's amazing. That was a semi-passable. That was, that was oh, very good. Yeah. Well, well done, well done, Palace. Well, uh, well add that, add that little uh, present at the end. I can add that to the CV. Can do accents. Uh, awesome, guys. Okay, let's leave it there. Everyone, thank you very much for listening. I'm really hoping my audio was better. Uh, Apologies again for last week, but uh, we'll be back next week. See you later. See you later, guys. See you, guys. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you have enjoyed the show and our ramblings, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts from. You can even do it on Spotify now. It massively helps us out. It helps us grow the podcast and get us out to even more listeners. This episode has been brought to you by Sunday Red Golf. We like to think this is the best golf club in the world. It's for everybody, whether you're just getting started or have been in the game for years. The Scratch, the Hacker, we welcome everyone. We've got events, competitions, giveaways, offers, and loads going on. Come and join us. It's free. Head on over to sundayredgolf.co.uk. A Slice of Golf is also brought to you by Tour Champ. If you want to settle once and for all, who is the best golfer in your group? Tour Champ is the easiest way to find out. You can go set up a league for free right now by visiting tourchamp.co.